from Palma de Mallorca to the global super yacht community. Super Yacht Radio. lo mejor, a mujeres no me falta ni el dinero ni el amor, jineteando en mi caballo por la sierra yo me voy, las estrellas y la luna ellas me dicen dónde voy, ay, 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 ay mi amor, ay mi morena de mi corazón. Welcome to Super Yacht Radio. Welcome to the show called Around the World and um, a very warm welcome from me, Michael Howarth, to you. Listen, um, <laughs> Super Yacht Radio is an internet station. Um, we all know what that means, but do we know quite what the internet is when it comes to uh, broadband and, and, and getting, getting the signal to those of you who are actually at sea? Um, the, the, the chances are that um, most of you, uh, if, if you're listening on, on, on board the yacht, are actually using a constellation of satellites uh, put up there in geostationary orbit. That means stationary. They, they appear to be constantly in the same position. They've been put up there around the equator so that they can shine their little spotlights of... Uh, data um, pipelines, if you will, uh, uh, to cover the best part of the world. And they've been put up there by, by a company called Inmarsat. Now, we've all heard of Inmarsat. It's, it's uh, been around since the, the early 90s. Um, I guess we all know that they, they, they are satellite operators. But what do we really know about the company? Uh, where are they based? What do they do? How do they do it? Um, I went up to London to, uh, to find out. I was the guest of uh, Inmarsat and uh, at what, what they called a, a European um, press event. And uh, that meant that journalists from around Europe were invited to London, uh, were shown uh, behind the scenes uh, at headquarters of uh, Inmarsat, which, as I have said, is in London. And um, we had a, we had an incredibly well uh, orchestrated day, uh, a mix of uh, lectures, presentations, uh, visits behind the scenes. We got to to go into the control room. Um, we uh, we got to see how uh, satellites are maneuvered up in the sky if they if they need to be. And um, one of our number. Uh, <clears throat> yes, the one actually holding the microphone at the moment, uh, accidentally got himself into the crisis um, room and caused a bit of a crisis um, by standing there looking somewhat vacant. I hadn't appreciated that I'd followed the wrong person um, in, into the uh, room. And so I got to see things that I perhaps shouldn't have seen. And um, I'm not allowed to talk about any of those. But anyway, amazing what you can do if it all goes pear-shaped, let me just tell you, and how they can uh, bring satellites back online and what have you. So it doesn't really matter whether you're a 
a, a yacht owner, a crew member, or a guest, the, the, the expectation, expectancy, if you will, uh, of broadband availabilities just never been greater, has it? I mean, we, we don't even want to work on yachts that haven't got uh, internet. Um, and uh, this means, because we're all carrying personal devices, iPads, iPhones, Samsungs, whatever the other brands are, I, I, can't, uh, I can't remember them all, but whatever um, they are, they're, they're all needing almost, uh, an inc well, they all need an increasing use of bandwidth, they all need uh, continuous con uh, connectivity, and there's a very good chance that Imarsat is powering all this maritime data um, with um, uh, their product called Fleet Express, or Fleet, uh, um, yeah, Fleet Express. Um, that it's got two global networks, totally independent of each other. In case one falls down, it, the other one will step in seamlessly. Uh, if they need to maintain uh, one, uh, uh, one network, they can uh, switch to the other one. And you, the user, will, will never know. So, um, without further ado, let's uh, trudge up to Old Street, which is um, well, it's a it's a tube station, isn't it? Off uh, off the on the northern line, shall we say? Not very far away from from London Bridge uh, and and the River Thames, but in the heart of London, nevertheless. Um, but that's where the uh, headquarters of Inmarsat is. And uh, we um, started off by talking to uh, Ronald Spithout, who is the president of uh, Inmarsat Marine. Uh, we spoke with Les Shortall. We spoke with uh, John Dodd. Uh, we spoke with a, an erudite young man called Arvid Karlberg. Nothing to do with the beer, he says. That's got an extra S in it. And um, all in all, we learned a great deal about uh, Imarsat, the workings of satellites, and the way it brings to you things like this is Super Yacht Radio. I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings in the movies And I'm not proud of my address In a torn up town, no postcode envy But every song's like gold teeth, grey goose dripping in the bathroom Bloodstains, ball gowns, trash in the hotel room Is Super Yacht Radio, 
This is Michael Howarth, and I'm broadcasting today from Inmarsat HQ in the centre of London town. Uh, London in the UK, that is, nowhere else. And um, Inmarsat's headquarters have been based here since their very inception. They began as an IMO um, um, agency, I guess, um, on the, on the uh, at IMO headquarters on the on the River Thames, and have become um, uh, um, a separate company. Uh, in 1999. Um, part of the marketing development and the success of uh, that marketing development in the maritime section has to uh, go down to vi my very next guest, who is a man called uh, Les Shortle. And uh, welcome to the show, Les. Good afternoon, Mike. Pleasure it, to be with you. Isn't it fun? And um, we've we've had a fun day today. It's, as I said earlier to uh, our listeners, we, we, we have had a media day in which selected media have been uh, invited to tour in, in Marset headquarters. We, we, we've seen what goes on behind the scenes. We've had a go at... Uh, a bridge simulator in which various distress scenarios have been uh, thrown upon us. It's been been like being back taking my masters again uh, behind the simulator, but uh, um, fortunately I wasn't on the wheel on this particular occasion, so I, I didn't disgrace myself. But anyway, um, Les, you you gave a presentation and a very interesting presentation um, earlier in in the day, and one of the um, uh, things you uh, um, using to make your your points was was a, a research document that you produced uh, late last year. Now tell me what what was that research document called, and, and where can anybody uh, get hold of it? So Mike, so uh, last year we decided uh, we were doing a lot of work in the superyacht sector, and we decided that we wanted to learn a lot more, gain a lot more insights uh, about. Uh, use of communication, satellite communications on board superyachts. Um, so we put some research together, some primary research, and we did that with the, with the superyacht um, agency. Um, and the, so we, we did the report over several months. Uh, we asked lots of uh, both captains and uh, chief engineers, uh, electrical technical officers, a lot of the onboard users of satellite equipment. And we also spoke to the, the, the shore-based um, stakeholders like your brokers, your agencies, consultants, professional technicians. Um, and we pulled all that. We asked them a series of questions about the use of satellite, what drives the usage, some of the trends they're seeing, um, and then we, we we also tested out some of the early results in some roundtables we did at the various uh, yachting events, so at uh, Palma, at Meda, um, and, and from that we then produced a superior connectivity report. Uh, so it can be downloaded for, uh, for free at inmarsat.com. Look out for superior connectivity report, and, and I'd encourage uh, anybody who's interested in the sector to to download and have a look. It's a so it's full of interesting insights and some surprises too. So, I mean, what, 10, 20, 30 yachts took part in this? So I think the combined uh, was over 160 yachts or yacht projects. Wow. So it was quite a sizable um, set of, uh, of people who took part. Um, <clears throat> so real meaningful figures then? Meaningful figures, yes. And, uh, and, and they, quite, a, quite a range of boats, everything from, from 30 to 60 meters, but also quite a few uh, plus 60 meter boats as well. Uh, and I remember going around one of the round tables when I think it was about eight, eight captains or, or, or chief engineers present. And I remember looking at the at the list of um, they they named their boat sizes, and they were from about sixty up to ninety meters. So we're quite quite a strong quite a strong presence, I think, in in, in the larger uh, uh, sort of larger yacht sector as well. 
Now, you, you mentioned the magic word surprises there, so um, I wouldn't have thought much would have surprised uh, someone like, like yourself. So uh, yeah, give me some examples of things that you found surprising. So, so I guess in my in my role, it's really important to, to get under the skin of our customer experience. Uh, I call it walking in their shoes, um, and it's really important to understand as much as possible uh, um, how they use communications technology, and and also uh, to help make it relevant to them. Uh, I'm not one who talks a lot about bits and bytes because we have literally probably over a thousand people who could do that um, much more knowledgeable than me. But so there were some surprises. I think some of the surprises were um, when when you think about the. Um, the, the value and the importance and, and the uh, of some of these uh, of some of these, these you know these assets on the water uh, and the uh, and high profile of some of their owners, um, then we, we were expecting that that they would have probably the, the latest and, and best in terms of cyber resilience on board uh, because you know all of us today in our daily lives we, you know we are, we are aware that we're subject to to cyber attack we all have something built into our laptop and we're very conscious um, about about increasingly about security threats. And one of the surprises to us as we, we found with the research was that quite a few of the yachts are actually still relying on fairly, uh, I would say fairly entry level um, cyber resilient um, solutions. So a basic firewall in, in, in about a quarter of the cases, um, a firewall plus a dedicated uh, maybe crew member looking after something. But I think we found that, that, that fewer than 20% of, of yachts seem to have a dedicated security uh, specialist looking after their cybersecurity or indeed uh, whether that was the, the owner's uh, security um, representatives or indeed the, the, the service provider. So that's something which is both a surprise to us and I think a concern. We're very conscious of, uh, of what can be happening around cyber threats and so it's something we were very keen to to see what can you know what can be uh, done to close those gaps, and, and and what can you do to to help uh, close those gaps? I mean, is it is it education? Is it uh, I mean, what what can be done? So I think first and foremost, I think education awareness is is, is the best place to start. Uh, I, I think um, it's it's very easy to to think of technology threats and technology solutions. Um, but, but you know, we believe, and, and, and I think Ronald mentioned this, is that, that possibly one of the biggest cyber risks on board a boat is the people themselves um, who can potentially uh, uh, you know, give rise to, to risk either through, um, I suppose in a few cases, we're not talking so much malicious intent, we're talking more about just not being unaware of, 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 what, uh, of what they should be doing and maybe should not be doing. And so I think awareness is really, really important. Uh, we've been doing some work with um, a number of bodies we've done some work with the University of Sunderland um, and so for example they have a cyber awareness uh, course an online course anybody can do and so we'll be promoting that at events uh, uh, we, we work a lot with roundtables with captains we'll be mentioning that there as well so we think a really good first place to start is to, is to increase overall awareness uh, about where threats come from what are, what are some good practices to follow and maybe some of the things to avoid as well and we think that that's a really good place to start and then that makes people more um, more knowledgeable and then if, if you do follow up with them with particular technology solutions they can be better informed then and make decisions about what they think is suitable for them and, and uh, how to go about choosing the right the right uh, solutions for them so that I mean that your side of security shall we say the lack of uh, Understanding of the threat, perhaps, um, was was one of the surprises that the research uh, threw up. Um, any other surprises? I mean, age of uh, yeah. So I, I think I think a second uh, I think a second uh, one there was was uh, age equipment. So I think on um, uh, when we asked the question, how old is your satellite communications on, on board the boat? I think about a quarter uh, had had theirs replaced in the last two years. Um, however, another twenty percent uh, their equipment was at least five years or more old. Uh, I think in almost 50% of, of the yachts have, are sailing with satellite comms there, that's probably four years or more old. 
Now, when you think, you know, what's happened in the last four years, when you think about, well, why do you have comms on a boat in the first place? Apart from the, the operational and yacht management side of things, a lot of it is about making sure that um, when the owner and guests are on board, they, they can go on the internet, they can watch Netflix, they can catch up on, on news and sport, uh, movies, etc. And increasingly, the, the, those kinds of entertainment technologies are consuming more and more bandwidth. You, know, you have your latest TVs coming on, uh, you have 4K TVs, which have been around for a while, and actually were surprised to me as well. Now, now the... Uh, the, um, coming onto the scene of 8K TVs uh, and a really nice big um, impressive screen to watch needs a really high quality signal and, and that requires more and more bandwidth and so so I think we're expecting that that um, um, it was a surprise initially that, that so many boats don't refresh the technology um, sooner than, uh, than maybe four or five years and so I think that's something again it might be yeah, increasing awareness about what they could be having on board yeah, might help there as well. So what you're saying is it's a hardware issue not a software issue? Largely, yes. So, so when you when when you think about the onboard experience of a yacht, the, the, the two main factors are: are you supplying? Is that yacht having enough bandwidth to supply all the all the onboard needs? But then, secondly, is it being managed in the right way? And actually, this is some this is somewhere where our partners come in as well in terms of making sure that the onboard um, uh, connectivity is managed properly, so that there are firewalls put in place. But not just that, but that, that there's management of um, of maybe priorities and permissions, so that when the owner wants, you know, they want to watch. Uh, Netflix or watch you know, Chelsea play Arsenal or whatever, uh, that means they get the dedicated bandwidth, which means that other activities may be then put more in the background, and so, and so you can prioritize who's getting the bandwidth and for what reason. So that's, that's actually a really important way of making sure you're not just throwing bandwidth at a problem and actually more clever management of what you have got could, could deliver the, 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 uh, the difference in experience. Now I've had the uh, privilege of, of, of seeing this um, connectivity report and, and I found it very interesting. Um, but it, it does lead me to, uh, to, to ask the question, you got any plans for uh, updating it or doing any more? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Mike. So, so we, we certainly do. In fact, we have the research underway already. Uh, we had such a good, um, a good, a good reaction uh, and got such a lot of interest from last year's report. And, and, and also, we found so many insights ourselves that are fascinating, but also um, we want to follow up on some of the more areas of surprise to us. There's a lot of areas we want to, to learn more about. So we will have a second report out this year. Um, we're, we're, we're aiming to have it published by the end of Q2, so in about three months' time, um, and as well as um, doing a, a repeat around some of the topics we visited last year, so we can we can see what's changing in the last 12 months. We'll also be digging deeper into things like Internet of, of, tech, of Things on board the boats, uh, more about cybersecurity, and probably delving into areas like navigation uh, systems as well. And if um, super yacht captains or super yacht crew wanted to uh, partake in, in, in your research, would you welcome that? And if so, how would they go about it? Well, we'd, 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 we'd certainly welcome them at uh, taking part. Um, there'll be lots of ways they can let us know. We're, we're all, the, all the major events coming up in the next few months, whether the Palma, um, Amoeba, Libra, we've been Monica and Can later on. Uh, we'll also be working with the, uh, with, the, with the research agency to reach out to the industry uh, and to actually to invite captains and ETOs to, to take part in the survey as well. So if I was a captain, I would look out for that invite. And if I don't hear that, then I would, I would, look, I would get in touch with Inmarsat. Well, there you go. You opportunity to uh, contribute towards the uh, future success of uh, satellite communications uh, within Marsat. Um, uh, Les has, uh, has uh, issued a, a challenge there to uh, for you all to get in touch with him and put your names forward. So uh, contact Les Shortle at. Uh, Imarsat, if you'd like to take part in that. Les, thank you so much for joining me on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. So we're going to listen to this. Lord, it don't leave me. Oh, 
broadcasting from Inmarsat HQ in the centre of the City of London. This is Super Yacht Radio. This is Michael Howarth, and the show is called Around the World with Michael Howarth. And uh, today is all things Inmarsat. Uh, you know, from broadband uh, TV and streaming and chatting to the girlfriend back home and it's okay, Mom, I'm still alive. Um, but Inmarsat started years ago as an IMO uh, safety um, uh, in- interface, if you will, between uh, sailors and uh, the shore. And uh, from uh, that, Inmarsat has grown into the communication giant that it is. But at the heart of it all, it remains uh, very much a safety um, uh, orientated service. And it comes as no surprise that um, at uh, director level, they have uh, a director of uh, safety uh, services at uh, the maritime section of Inmarsat. And that is a person called John Dodd. And John Dodd happens, by strange coincidence of radio, to be my very me- very next guest. So welcome to the show, John. Thank you. How are you? That was a good build-up, wasn't it? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> you, you like that. That's, that's good. And John, I mean, you, you, you did a presentation for Assembled Journalists, and of which I was just one. And um, one of the things that you said right at the beginning was that you were uh, a little bit concerned about the number of um, yacht ships, boats, planes, or not planes, but I mean things that float that go to sea and yep. do so without any any uh, care or worry about uh, safety and communicating. So tell tell me about those concerns. So to, to me, Imosat is all about safety. That's what we do. That's where we we came from. Uh, one point now, sorry, one point six million seafarers rely on us every day to get what we do right. That's some number. It's it's a big number. It's why we get out of bed in the morning and, and do what we do. Um, we can see from the IMO that there's the the Solas Convention uh, for vessels, international voyages over three hundred gross tons, that are mandated that they must carry safety equipment on board. So distress alerting, being able to receive maritime safety information safety of navigation and to, to call for help when they need it. So GMDSS? GMDSS. So <clears throat> what we don't see, or what we don't see is that there's vessels that are exempt. So fishing vessels, vessels that are propelled by mechanical means. So yachts and sailing boats, uh, fishing boats. Now these, especially the fishing, go into some of the most dangerous waters. It's a horrendously dangerous job. So. We need them to understand that safety is out there, it is vital, and that it is a free service. So we get very heavily involved with heavily involved with uh, not only what the satellites are doing, but also what's actually happening in the oceans. So quite regularly we'll get uh, a call from the search and rescue, or we'll see that uh, a vessel's in distress and we'll monitor and make sure that the communications are going through properly and offer any further assistance above and beyond our IMO obligations. We're seeing an increase in small sailing boats and yachts that are going out ill-appared for a safety situation. If they do get problems, they need to know that if they have got any more sat equipment on board, they can use it for things like medical assistance, 
medical advice and distress alerting, even if they're not carrying GMTSS compliance equipment. So what you're saying, John, is that um, the only uh, the only cost factor involved here is the actual cost of the equipment as, as a one-off uh, um, thing in, in the beginning. So you, you have to question why, why it is that sailors are going to sea um, without it. Um, what's the logic and um, have you done any research as to why they might be doing that? Yeah, I, I think that it's a common misconception that SATCOM is expensive. I think if you look back to things like mobile phone communications, look back 20 years and it was very expensive to send a text message, very expensive to make a call. The same with SATCOM. As the more people bought mobile phones, the prices came down. This is exactly the same with satellite communications. The cost to make a call or data has dropped dramatically. However, the cost of safety services has always been free of charge. Now, I believe why people don't understand this is they, the publicity. We need to get out more on safety and make people aware that even if you don't have to comply with GMDSS, there are services on the MOSAT terminals that will allow you to get medical advice, medical assistance and call for help. A prime example of this is the 505 service that we've got. So any maritime voice terminal from Imosat, so the Fleet Broadbands, Fleet 1, Fleet 77, if you have one of them on board, you can dial 505. Easy number to remember, it looks like SOS. That will put you through to Rescue Coordination Centre. Now that is a free of charge service that we've developed for the, the leisure yachting and fishing industry that don't need to comply with GMGSS regulations. So do we need to put any hashtags or any stars in front of that 505 or is it just 505 press send? 505 and press send, simple as that. And how long, what's, what sort of response time uh, is generally um, encountered? So this will go through to exactly the same search and rescue authority for your area as a GMDSS voice distress call or distress alert. So the, the response time is extremely quick. Quicker than a distress alert because you're actually calling through. The only difference between voice distress and 505 is it doesn't have priority and preemption like the GMDSS insists for distress alerting and voice distress. Everything else is exactly the same. It goes to the same RCCs and it uses the same channels. You've been, uh, you mentioned, uh, you rolled them off uh, just like that, the products, uh, Fleet Band, uh, Fleet Broadband, I can't, I, they don't roll off my tongue, do they? Fleet Broadband, uh, um, um, Fleet One and, and things like that. You didn't mention Imarsat C, which is, what, 30 odd years old. Yep. It must, um, it must now be as dead as a donkey and you must be getting ready to phase it out. Not a chance. It's, it's here to stay for a long time, yeah. So Imosat C and Mini C has been the backbone of the GMDSS for many years, 30 plus years. It's a fantastic system. Uh, it is old, but it does go through refreshes. For example, the, the latest Imosat C terminals have touchscreen displays, uh, but the service itself is, is fundamental to safety. It allows you to do distress alerting, um, LRIT, Ship Security Alert System for anti-piracy. Now there's over 160,000 of these terminals at sea at the moment. 
uh, for compliant reasons, distress alerting and receiving maritime safety information. Imosat C is, is going to be around for a long time. It has also helped in uh, incidents where there's been cyber security breaches on, on vessels that have used different satellite systems. They've been able to revert back to the Imosat C because it's not IP based. It is an uh, store and forward system. So if it's IP based, that means you can't hack it. Is that right? It's yeah. If it's not IP, it's it's extremely difficult to hack. You, you pretty much would have to be on board uh, to let anything go wrong with it. So it's relied on the world through. It's a well-known system. It's extremely easy to use, and it's saved countless lives over the years. So Imosat uh, C is here to say. But there are some new guys on the block, and one of the things that um, I heard you talking about to today was uh, a service called Distress Chat. Now, how can you chat about distress? <laughs> it sounds like WhatsApp for people who've uh, had, had too much to drink. <laughs> Not too far off. So Distress Chat is part of two systems. So we've created a new GMDSS system, an IP-based system called Fleet Safety. Now what Fleet Safety allows us to do is make Fleet Broadband GMTSS approved. So we've had full approval for, from the IMO for Fleet Safety. Instead of just going to the, the vessels and saying, here's a new terminal that makes you comply with GMTSS, we've created a, a full solution. So we've created a system for the search and rescue authorities and we've created a vessel mounted system called Fleet Safety. This allows you to do all GMDSS functions that you could do on MRSAT-C and Fleet 77 for voice, all combined into one terminal. We've also created new innovative solutions, things like Distress Chat, already been put up for, for multiple awards before it's even launched. What this allows you to do is when the rescue centre receives a distress alert from a fleet safety unit, they can simply click on one button that will put a distress priority chat with the vessel that needs your help. It will allow you to communicate like a, a Skype chat room. They can start coordinating the rescue in that way. However, many rescue coordinations involve multiple search and rescue authorities and multiple vessels. If you're in the middle of the ocean, the vessels around you are the biggest asset that the search and rescue have got. So this allows you to bring into the same chat room multiple rescue coordination centres and multiple vessels all at once or create multiple chat rooms. So we've demonstrated this to a lot of different authorities. Uh, the feedback we've had is amazing and we've got over 30 countries around the world using RescueNet with distress chat built into it even before fleet safety has been launched and they're using this to coordinate rescue operations today. So. Distress chat doesn't exist yet, but it's going to. When, have we got a date when it's going to be rolled out? So it is operational now, but for multiple RCCs, rescue coordination centres, to talk to each other on ongoing missions. For the vessels to get involved, that's when we release the, the fleet safety system, so fleet broadband safety. We're looking at releasing that at uh, the end of 2019, and I'm very, very excited. But all of this sort of stuff, I mean, 
surely there aren't that many distresses a day, there are not that many injuries of all, all piracy. I mean, actually, but, you know, pretty, give us some figures to, as to why this sort of stuff matters. So one of the alarming figures are there are still nine distress alerts every single day. On average, nine a day. That's nine. not nine people. That's nine vessels with the crew on board and the families at home. Friends, loved ones relying upon MRSAT safety to get it right so that when they call for help, someone's there to, to assist them. And by distress, you mean, I mean, it's a, a proper distress call? Yep. So, imminent danger to loss of life or vessel. We don't have that many false distress alerts on the MRSAT system, and both the, the rescue coordination centres and the MRSAT network operation centre confirm whether these are real distress alerts or, or false distress alerts. Well, nine, nine people in distress uh, every day, or nine vessels in distress every day, pretty staggering uh, figures, and um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm almost distressed and almost at a loss of, uh, <laughs> to, to say too much about that. But, but John, I wanted to say thank you very much indeed for joining me on the show. I've learned a lot. Um, I've learned a lot while I've been at MRSAT HQ today. Um, I know that I'm going to go away from here, um, you know, a much better, much better informed um, a journalist than I was before I came. Uh, I'd like to say thank you to Imarsat for inviting me. I'd like to thank you for uh, being on the show, and I'd like to play this. is Superyacht Radio, this is Michael Howarth, and the show's called Around the World with Michael Howarth. And um, when it comes to getting around the world, we have done just that in recent shows. Uh, but on this occasion, we have come uh, much closer to uh, Base Central, Base Central being where I live, um, and uh, found ourselves in the City of London. The City of London, in fact, uh, is the headquarters of Inmarsat, and I am sitting in uh, Inmarsat HQ with some of the bigwigs and movers and shakers of this uh, satellite uh, communication giant. And um, we've been shown around, uh, we've seen uh, all sorts of uh, top secrets uh, here at uh, 
um, MRSAT. We've seen what the future is going to bring. We've seen what the uh, past uh, has uh, evolved from. It was an IMO uh, instigation uh, back in the 70s, became a, a public company in the uh, in the 90s and got stock exchange uh, recognition in the 2000s. Uh, all of which is uh, long before my next guest was even born, I think, uh, looking at uh, his youthful features and remembering my own face in the mirror this morning when I was shaving. So I'm very proud to uh, welcome um, Arvid Carlsberg. Now, listen, that sounds to me like a lager. Come on, where, where, where what's, what's, uh, what's the origination of uh, the name, or have I got it wrong? No, so Arvid Carlsberg is actually a Swedish name, but uh, you got it spot on there with Carlsberg. It's the easiest name to give when you call up a restaurant to uh, make a booking. <laughs> Just tell them, like the beer, Carlsberg. <laughs> what a great idea. Yeah, and that's, that's good. Now, listen, you were introduced to us earlier today as being the, uh, the mover and the shaker, the guy who's bringing a new product, a new Inmarset product, um, into a smaller generation of, of yacht. And whilst we're a super yacht radio and we, we tend to focus on large yachts, we've also got to remember that the... Uh, the Formula One motor industry has uh, invented things and they've filtered down to uh, smaller everyday motoring in much the same way that uh, broadband and mobile broadband was seen on commercial ships, then was seen into super yachts, and now is appearing on, uh, on smaller yachts. And uh, you've been responsible for, I think, in introducing it to um, a French boat builder. Tell us more. Yes, absolutely. So we've actually introduced it to uh, Group Beneteau. Uh, Group Beneteau have uh, iconic brands such as Lagoon, Beneteau, uh, CNB Yachts, which would be the closest one to the Super Yachts. And if you think about it, the requirements of, uh, of those uh, sailors buying uh, vessels are quite similar to the Super Yachts. When they're out at sea navigating, what they want is to be connected, they want to have access to their mobile phone, to use WhatsApp, uh, Facebook and Instagram, and also obviously get the latest weather charts on whatever app it is, if it's windy or Navionics. Um, so what we've seen is that they're looking at the bigger boats saying, hey, well, we'd like to have those bigger antennas on our boats, but, you know, it doesn't fit. So we've introduced a new concept. Well, one of our smallest products is the Fleet One. It's actually the little brother of Fleet Broadband that uh, uh, most of the super yacht, um, uh, captains might be familiar with. And it provides you just that. It provides you access to all your uh, mobile phone apps. It's a hundred kilobits per second pipeline, so it's enough to do uh, what your uh, mobile phone can do. Um, what we've innovated there as well is, since those um, vessels are most of the time they're coastal, they're not sailing too far away from the shore. Um, so 4G, 3G is uh, mainly available. So we introduced um, uh, a Fleet One companion, uh, if you want to call it that way, uh, WeStream which is a 4G router that picks up uh, a 4G signal and translates it into a Wi-Fi signal. And uh, the nice thing with this router is it's um, fully international. So it's a cloud SIM, so anywhere you go in the world, it will pick up different partner networks and give you that signal back into Wi-Fi. Then when you sail out in the high seas, that's when you switch over to the, the Imrasat service uh, through the Fleet One. So it's, it's quite innovative in the sense that we've actually made a bundle of this, a two-year package, that uh, uh, any group Beneteau buyer can tick a box when they buy their yacht and it comes as a line fit when it gets delivered. So they don't have to worry about any bills for the next two to three years because it's already paid for in their boat lease. 
Okay. Well, uh, not worrying about bills is a great, uh, a great selling point, I should imagine. But uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. I mean, you know, this, the ideas like this didn't just happen. I mean, who thought of it first? Was it Immarsat approaching Beneteau? Was it Beneteau approaching Immarsat? How did, how did it come about? Well, actually, some of the directors from Beneteau were uh, out uh, sailing one of their new um, uh, Lagoon 78, which is uh, their largest motor yacht catamaran. And they were uh, doing an Atlantic crossing for a three-week trip. And they, in the middle of the Atlantic, they said, wouldn't it be great if we could upload a picture to uh, social media? And uh, obviously, by then, they, they were frustrated by the fact that they build these beautiful boats, but there was no connection out on them. So they went back to the service provider, uh, who they work with for all electronics, and asked them, hey, would it be possible to have an unlimited internet uh, global package for our lagoons? And that's how the um, idea came, came alive. And obviously, in Inmarsat, we had to tweak uh, some systems and, and price points to get this package done. But uh, we're seeing a great success from it now, um, because it's this peace of mind um, for the sailors that uh, they don't have to worry about getting a monthly bill. Uh, it's all inclusive, really. So, uh, Beneteau came to you and, and you didn't have anything to, to offer them specifically, so you and the service provider have tailored this. Have I got that right? And uh, who, who are the service providers, by the way? Uh, so, the service provider for this uh, project is a company called Advanced Tracking. They're based in uh, um, Toulon, in uh, Yer, uh, in south of France. Um, and um, together with them, we've designed this package. So from a product point of view, the product was there. It's the fleet one. But from an airtime perspective, we needed to create a two-year bundle uh, that includes all um, airtime for these uh, vessels. And is it a sort of as, as, as much as you can eat type bundle? That's the idea, is that it's unlimited, um, um, both on the 4G side and also for the sat sat satellite communications. So it's almost like a mini VSAT, if you will. Yeah, so uh, almost a junior version of Fleet Broadband, as I, th as I think you uh, said earlier. So listen, you, 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 you've pulled it off with Beneteau, I mean, one of the biggest names um, in, in the small yacht production industry. But there are others out there who are building uh, small super yachts. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of the Italian Azimuths or the British uh, Princess and Sunseeker, uh, Ferretti in Italy. Um, somebody working behind the scenes on these guys? Yes, absolutely. So uh, most of the uh, distribution partners we work with today already have existing relationship with these Italian boat builders. And what we see is actually a great market for uh, motor yachts because they are very often close to shore, uh, so close to 3G, 4G, but they do find themselves in a lot of um, dark spots uh, where they uh, rely on satcoms. So um, it is work in progress, and we're hoping to, um, to um, sign some partnerships with these boat builders as well in the coming year. But you were saying earlier to uh, the assembled audience that it's not just um it's not just the, the intention to put it on board. The, the, the builder is, has got to build in the sensors into the, the basic structure of the boat. And presumably, I'm guessing, that's, that's taking the, the time. That's why it can't be rolled out t tomorrow. Correct. So from a boat builder's perspective, what they're looking at is, does this make sense to add it as an option? Um, do we believe in the connected boat, the future boat? You know, so when an owner uh, buys a ship, 
I think they do like the idea that you can tick uh, the communication option off directly on the catalog of the Benetti or Ferretti um, uh, straight away. Um, it, it makes the integration process easier rather than getting the boat uh, delivered and then having to deal with that second hand. Okie dokie. I'm particularly interested in, in this sort of cross-pollination between uh, you know, how 3G and, and, and 4G merge uh, almost um, simultaneously with, 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 with SATCOM. So run, run, me, run it through me again, this, this, this uh, Wii transfer, what was it called? Yes, uh, the uh, 4G router is um, a Dutch company called Wii Transfer. Uh, uh, sorry, Wii Stream. We stream. Yes, sorry. One of us will get it, yes. right? We, we stream. <laughs> and it's quite similar to uh, um, Pepwave and, and, and Peplink uh, that a lot of people are using out there. But it, it's kind of a separate router, so you can take it with you. Uh, so even if you go on la inland, let's say you're in a new country, you're uh, in, in a harbor, you can bring this router with you. It's uh, as big as an iPhone, and it, it, it's kind of like a mobile hotspot that you bring along. And uh, it has an inbuilt um, strong sensor that picks up the, the, the 4G. And to give you an idea, I mean, uh, I'm a sailor myself in Antibes, and uh, I sail quite a lot between Monaco and Saint Tropez. And uh, on our boat, we also have a fleet one. But most of the time, you are in the 4G, 3G coverage uh, zone, but your mobile phones might not pick it up because uh, the sensors in them are not strong enough. So it's good to have. Um, a, a 4G booster on board that can get the signal in and transmit it into a Wi-Fi. Um, and then when that coverage disappears, that's when you fall over to satellite communication. And that gives you access to sending your email that was so important or uploading your Facebook post or uh, getting that latest weather chart that you were looking for. So uh, sailing between Monaco and Saint-Tropez, you really are uh, a true super yachter then, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, um, Arvid, thank you very much for joining me uh, on today's show, and uh, let's listen to this. Yacht Radio, and my name is Michael Howarth. Today, for around the world with Michael Howarth, we are in the centre of the City of London. Ha! What 
you might say, has centre of City of London got to do with super yachts? Well, I'll tell you. It's the uh, headquarters of Inmarsat, and Inmarsat plays an increasingly important role in uh, the operations, the safety, the security of just about, and the crew welfare, of course, of just about every super yacht there is. So we came today to have a look around. We've been shown the uh, the operation centers, we've uh, done simulated distresses on uh, simulators, we've had a very, very intensive tour. Uh, not radio stuff, but uh, jolly good and very interesting for journalists like me. So it's been an absolutely fabulous um, media day, and towards the end of the day I'm now very privileged to sit down and uh, chat with some of uh, the key personnel here at Imosat. And heading the, my, the list of my guests, I have got Ronald Spithout, who is the president of Imosat Maritime. Now, that does not make you head honcho, does it? <laughs> well, uh, thanks, Michael. Uh, it's a privilege to be on your show here. Uh, and I really appreciate that you took the effort to come to the center of London to uh, to visit our premises here and see how we manage our network. And we, we think that Immerschat is a kind of a maritime organization where we try to invent services that make a difference for the maritime industry, whether that is super yachts or merchant marine or offshore supply vessels. Anything that is at sea, we try to serve. And we really try to understand what moves you, the super yacht owner, in how you use your service. And therefore, I'm happy that you came over to have to have a talk about that. Okay, so so Ronald, I, I, I set up and I said, you're not the head honcho. And that, that's because there are, there are what, four divisions of, of Imarsat. Can you just, uh, you know, just but, yes. you know, tell me where we're at? Well, where we are at, uh, Immersat executive team is uh, is where I am, and Immersat is split in a couple of vertical business units. Uh, the major one, of course, is maritime. Half of Immersat's business is maritime business, so I'm running the maritime business for Immersat as part of the executive team. But we also have an enterprise business unit and an aviation business unit and a government business unit, and they all try to do the same, and that is provide communication in places where it's not very obvious to get communication. Okay, so we've all got we've all got VSAT on board um, yachts, and then increasingly a, a number of smaller yachts uh, are, are beginning to, to fit it fit it. But on, on super yachts, uh, just about every uh, yacht has got it. But why why for goodness sake do we need it? Well, it's 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 good that you ask because everyone is using the term VSAT out in the market, and VSAT is actually quite an old word in this industry because it stands for very small aperture terminal by the time that a terminal used to be two, three meters high, uh, big. So it is an old term for something that doesn't cover the, the substance anymore. I would like to talk about broadband at sea because that's what we try to provide. And the technology we use for that is a global express KA frequency, which is coming from the new satellites that we launched and the new constellation that we have. I wouldn't call it VSAT, it goes much further than that. It is a mobile network in the sky that provides seamless connectivity, like you would be on the ground using a cellular network. 
that's what we provide. So we need to find a new a new term for VSAT, and um, I, I, I guess you're going to tell me it should be called Imasat. No, 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 <laughs> it, it should be called Fleet Express because that's the name we gave it. Uh, and uh, therefore, it's again a good question because what we call Fleet Express is a hybrid. You probably know Imarsat from L-band uh, and safety features that we provide. We provide safety services to approximately 160,000 vessels in the world. And that is based on the frequency we call L-band. But just like in the cellular networks, we are constantly looking to the next higher frequency to live up to the need for higher throughputs. And the one we have chosen as the follow-up for L and KU is the KA frequency and we are combining two domes on a vessel to provide on one hand resilience and safety over L-band and on the other hand provide high throughput uh, over KA-band. Together we call that Fleet Express but it goes beyond what traditionally is called a VSAT of course. But you talk about the need to have um, bigger and faster and, and, and uh, better broadband. What, what, is, what exactly is, is driving this need? It, it, surely it's not safety. Well, safety is one aspect. Uh, you want to be picked up when you are in need, right? So safety is and will remain a very important aspect of our service. It's kind of in our DNA because that's how we started our business. But what is driving the uptake in, in throughput and, and connectivity is actually the same as what you're used to uh, when you're living uh, in the city or, uh, or, or in, an, uh, in a populated area. That is your cell phone, the availability of applications anywhere you go, um, in, your hand, uh, in your hands. Uh, and people get used to that. Over the last 10, 15 years, people got completely used that internet applications and the use of it is available to anywhere wherever they go and they don't want to compromise on that when they go out to sea uh, whether it's on the superyacht or on the merchant vessel people like to continue their social activities they like to remain in their social network they like to use applications to run the the vessel to monitor the uh, mission critical uh, devices that they have on board so all of that is driving higher throughputs because applications are just simply bandwidth hungry and uh, we have to keep up with the pace. And the, the, the shore side, the ability shore side to, to have high speed internet, is, is marine um, uh, capabilities ever going to uh, be better than what's available ashore? Well, better, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but at least we, uh, we give it a good try to keep up with the pace. So where, of course, it's much easier to replace a cell tower on the ground than to replace a satellite at 36,000 kilometers. We, uh, we found ways, together with our manufacturers, to produce satellites quicker and to launch satellites quicker and in such a way be able to send more satellites up to bring more depth to our network. We started our KA network by providing a global service and we are now launching satellites to get deeper penetration into the spots where it's needed. And that could be spots for maritime in busy places, it could be spots for aviation near airports, but we keep on launching satellites to keep up with the need for bandwidth increases. Okay, so uh, launching more satellites and, and, and growing the, um, 
the, 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 the speeds available. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- where do we go from here? I mean, how, how much better can it get and how long are we going to have to wait for it to be better? What's in the pipeline, in other words? Well, what is, what is, what is in the pipeline? Um, I'm, I'm quite passionate on how the internet gets proliferated over the seas. Um, and the, the, the very next steps are the complete adoption of Internet of Things, sensor monitoring, managing vessels uh, much more efficiently and using the applications to do so. Um, and we are providing the, uh, the, the connectivity and the software layer to have those applications running on board. Whether it is for a social environment, whether it is for crew, whether it is for uh, charters on a boat, or whether it is for uh, running the operational life of the boat. All of these functionalities use applications, and many of those didn't even reach the vessel yet. So in the coming few years, you will see a massive adoption of applications and the Internet of Things. And what you will see is that satellite operators like Immersat are making the move to provide a lot of these applications, including the bandwidth that is needed to do the job. So rather than having a discussion of what kind of visa do I need for my vessel, I'm passionate about having the discussion, well, what do you want to do with it? Because then most likely there are smarter things to provide on the vessel, like the, the, the power to manage speeds or to bring speeds up and down on a very regular basis, depending on whether you have a charter or not. And these are the things that, uh, that really make me go. And um, that's what I see the near future will bring. Okay, so let's just look at uh, the type of yacht that needs um, Inmarsat on board. It, it, are they the ones that cross the, the oceans? Are they the ones that uh, stay in uh, close proximity to the land? I mean, what sort of super yachts uh, need um, Inmarsat? Well, the, the beauty of the Inmarsat mobile network is that uh, it hardly matters where you go. We provide a global service and we provide it wherever you go. So it doesn't matter too much whether you're uh, rather static near uh, a marina or a port or whether you're crossing the ocean. The, the mobile network of Immersat is the same everywhere. Um, so we could provide exactly the same service in the middle of the ocean or whether you're in the marina. Okay, and what about um, going through, say, Northwest Passage or down into Antarctica? Still got good coverage down there? Yeah, you probably have seen a couple of the uh, the advertisements uh, of, of successful installations on a couple of specialty cruise vessels that are going to the Antarctic, uh, and they really like our service. Um, you will uh, you will see us uh, far north, and you will see us far south. Uh, we're not on the pole yet, but who knows? So uh, it just seems to me that wherever you go in the world, um, take your Inmarsat, and you're forever in contact. I think that's a safe bet. Ronald Spitout, thank you very much for joining us. Let's listen to this. Me gusta tocar guitarra, me gusta cantar el son. Mariachi me acompaña cuando canto mi canción. Me gusta tomar mis copas, aguardientes lo mejor. También el tequila blanco con su sal le da sabor. Ay, 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 mi amor. Ay, mi morena de mi corazón.
gusta tocar guitarra, me gusta cantar el sol El mariachi me acompaña cuando canto mi canción Me gusta tomar mis copas, aguardiente es lo mejor También el tequila blanco con su sal le da sabor Ay, 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 mi amor Ay, mi morena de mi corazón Ay, 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 mi amor Ay, mi morena de mi corazón. From Palma de Mallorca to the global super yacht community, Super Yacht Radio.